0: hello hope you all are doing well um and that everything is going good if you started school um even though you probably started like a month ago i just started last week so that's why i'm a little bit new to it so yeah but i hope you're doing well um this episode is a little bit different In that previously, I've talked about topics which I've struggled with. But today, I want to share something that is my strength and something I'm proud of. Um, This is basically my whole identity. Before anything else, I am a Shia and I am a Husseini. So I'm going to be talking about some history. In specific, the event of Karbala. It's commemorated annually starting in the month of Muharram which is the first month of the Islamic calendar. it The actual massacre occurred on the 10th of Muharram, and that day is known as Ashura. And it was Ashura, like... Okay, it's been quite a while, like a month and ten... Or like six weeks or something? I don't know. It's been quite a while. Um, and... But last week was arbaeen which is like 20th of safar it's 40 days after the event so that's also like a day that we really commemorate it a lot on so that's why i'm doing this episode now and yeah we commemorate it every year spe- especially in the first 10 days with gatherings where we have a lecture first and then end with the recall of some of the tragedies and then poetry on the event and if somehow you've yet to hear of it is a very unique one in all of islamic history and that the principles involved are ones that are common in all of humanity Um, but unfortunately it's not widely discussed or commemorated outside of the shia muslim community um, before I start talking about the topic, I just want to put this in. I'm sure you've all heard by now, Shia genocide is a thing. Um, it's been happening for years, but right now, especially in Pakistan, every year around this time in Muharram, suffer things start to come up because people don't understand what this public commemoration is really for. And it's because of this ignorance that it continues. So... As a side note, I urge you to look into that and educate yourself, and don't make any assumptions about other people's religions. And if you're here listening to this right now, you're on the right track already. Um, yeah, I hope that discussing this today can, I don't know, educate you a little bit on it. So I thought today that since the majority of my audience is not Muslim or Shia, I would share the brief history Uh, but mainly go over the lessons I learned commemorating this every year since birth basically and why it's something that can also benefit you. So first we'll go through the summary and then I'll mention a few people who I've adopted as role models through this and finally the main lessons I learned. So we'll start with a summary of the whole event. Disclaimer, there are a lot of details that I'm leaving out Just because I don't have enough time to go through everything, this podcast would probably be like four hours long if I did try. Um, So only about after 50 years of the Prophet's death, the Islamic State was a complete mess, and the Muslims ended up with a very corrupt and tyrannical person as their caliph. Um, His name was Yazid, and he openly defied everything that the Prophet had advised, so no one was really happy with him in power and that meant he somehow needed to legitimize his rule. To do so, he demanded allegiance from the Prophet's grandson, Hussein ibn Ali, who ideally should have been the one ruling, um, Hussein al-Assam refused and then Yazid gave him an ultimatum. He either pledges allegiance to him or he gets killed. Um, Hussein stood his ground, and because of this, his life was under threat in his home in Medina. So he had to migrate, so he took his family along with him to the holy city of Mecca to perform Hajj. But even there Yazid had people waiting to kill him, and he then turned towards the city of Kufa in Iraq. He was getting thousands of letters from here telling him that they would support him in his uprising against Yazid but on his way there he was stopped by an army led by her this name is important you should remember this um so this forced him to stop in a place called karbala also in iraq and here he stayed with his family for about eight days and all this while more and more men were joining the opposition and a few of hussein's companions also came and joined his camp but after five days on the 7th of Muharram they were out of food and water and could not go to the river across to get more water because this was heavily guarded by the enemies and three more days passed and finally on the 10th of mahram hussein was forced to fight and all this while he tried multiple times to have a peaceful solution and kept advising the opposition not to fall prey to their greed Um, but it was around 100 men opposed by an army of 30,000 men just to kill one person Yazid sent 30,000 imagine how big of a threat you have to be for that to happen and Yazid wasn't there himself he just bribed a bunch of people to go do the work for him and he sent reporters to record the whole thing which is why we have these authentic details today um so on the day everyone with Hussein sacrifices himself. For his message, and at the end, Hussein is left alone and brutally slaughtered as well. The only people who remain are Hussein's ill son and all the women and children that came with him, and they're taken as prisoners to the court of Yazid. Here, Zainab, the sister of Hussein, and Hussein's son, Ali, speak out against his tyrannical rule in an inspiring sermon and at all opportunities they had. And due to this, Yazid was forced to eventually release them um, about 40 days or a year and 40 days later after he saw how his true acts were being put on display by them. That's an extremely brief history. I have not done justice to the tragedy that it is, but I'll leave links in the description if you want to learn more about that. Um, Now that we're done with that, I want to focus on a few of the people involved who I have learned from and who I see as role models. Firstly, let's talk about Hur, Alayhi Salam. Despite the fact that he was the one to have stopped Hussein from going to Kufa to his supporters on the day, he ended up fighting by his side and was the first one to sacrifice himself he realized what was about to happen and knew it was wrong so he made the right choice and joined hussein the next person i want to talk about is hussein's brother abbas he was known as a very brave person and on ashura he managed to reach a lake to get some water for the children in their camp and even though he was at the river he never drank the water himself because he knew that back at the camp everyone was thirsty but unfortunately he did not make it back to the camp the next person is the nephew of hussein al-Islam. his name was abdullah and he was about 10 years old but despite his young age when hussein was alone and being attacked from all directions he ran to defend him and he was killed in the process and lastly, I want to talk about Zainab. She was the sister of Hussein. And after Ashura, she was the one who was strong for everyone else. She comforted everyone with her, even with all the tragedies she'd faced herself. Her own two sons were killed as well, but she never stopped to think of herself. She kept going for everyone else and for the movement that Hussein salam, had started she carried on that message forward and honestly she is the sole reason why we know about this event today and why we're still able to commemorate it and despite the oppression against women at the time because this was like more than a thousand years ago um she did all that also i happened to be named after her so i really like look up to her and kind of get my strength from her when i need it yeah those were all my role models Finally, let's talk about the main lessons I learned from the whole event. Number one, never give up. They went into a battle knowing that it was certain death. But that didn't stop them because it doesn't matter how big or small your efforts are. What really matters is that you do everything you can for the right reasons, obviously. Number two, as long as you do the right thing, you win eventually you will succeed because right, always Trump's wrong. On that day, anyone looking at it would have said how big of a loss it was for Hussein and his family. But the fact that we are here today talking about how this one man gave everything he had to serve his purpose means he succeeded. So even if you think that you didn't change anything, you shouldn't feel like you lost something. You don't know what impact your small act could have had in the future. If anything, you'll inspire others to stand up and do the right thing as well. So, have some faith in yourself. Number three, it's never too late to change. We learned from her that you always have the chance to do the right thing. And even if it's at the last moment, it's worth it. A good example of where this applies, I think, is peer pressure. Sometimes you may feel like you're pressured to do something you aren't comfortable with um so you just go along with it but you shouldn't feel like it's ever too late to say no number four you aren't too young or too old like that young boy who gave his life we shouldn't think that anything is too big for us to accomplish don't let the fear of not gaining instant success stop you from trying and number five your morals need to be strong for everything don't let petty things distract you from your big goal. Apply these lessons to everything, no matter how small. Be prepared from now. Don't wait for a big moment. Um, we need to constantly be doing the right thing, constantly speaking out against injustice. Because if you can't do it for the small things, how would you expect yourself to do it for the big ones? The people who were at the opposition—they were all of the same religion. They were all Muslims. They had the same knowledge. But what made the difference was their morals. They let their own selfish desire of power and money rule their decisions. And in the end, they didn't even get what they wanted. Every single person who Yazid made promises to got absolutely nothing. And they ruined themselves for absolutely nothing. Okay, those were the lessons I learned. I know they sound pretty basic. And that's because they are. But I think... It's important to remember that at all times. I think it's easy to forget. But yeah, that's all I can fit into one episode. I hope now that I've shared this with you that you all can also benefit from it a little bit. Or at the very least understand a little about my identity and where I get it from. Thank you all for listening. In the description, I have left some links Um, I have a website for some more information, um, a documentary about this, and one of my favorite English latmiyas, which is like a form of poetry about the event. So if you'd like to listen to that, you can check that out. Also, I made an email address for my podcast, so if you want to share any thoughts, have any questions or suggestions, be sure to leave those there. Or if you're listening on Apple, just consider leaving a review. And with that, I hope you have a good rest of your day or night. And I'll see you next time.